Glory! <laughs> Holy Ghost. <laughs> it's so fun to have fun in the fire. Dancing over flesh, dancing over blood, even while it's burning. Even while it's being tortured by the holiness of Christ. Wow. It's true. A well-trained, developed spirit will always torment and torture unburnt flesh and blood. Unsacrificed animals, which is flesh and blood, days of Noah. The human flesh is the mark of the beast that is the new covenant sacrifice. Bring your two turtle doves because none of you are sacrificing bulls yet. It's okay. Bring your doves. Dove costs about 20 bucks, a dove sack. <laughs> hey, graduated from the nickel and dime bag. <laughs> Truth in you. Now, don't you dare bring money into it. What do you think the sacrifice was? You buy the two doves, $50 each, it's a $100 sacrifice. That's what the temple was. You're buying your animals to sacrifice. How much are you willing to sacrifice with your finances is the animals you are currently sacrificing to rise as a fragrance in the nostrils of God. It's called the New Covenant Sacrificial System. Amen. I'm just going to get that right out of the way in the beginning because it's not what I want to talk about tonight, but it's crucial and critical for your spiritual growth. Huge part of the New Covenant. The New Covenant Animal Sacrifice System. Sheep, goats, rams, $100 offerings to $1,000 offerings, whole bulls, ten, tens of thousand dollar offerings. It's true. And let that just defend your religious spirit because that's actually what we'll step into as the kingdom begins to take over the nations. The new covenant sacrificial system that Christianity hasn't stepped into yet. We're still extremely religious, extremely poor. And not the kind of pakuda poor in spirit that God likes. The poverty demon. <laughs> the Judas Iscariot and Ananias and Sapphira stinginess. And that's true for all of us. That's just where we're at as a body. And don't deceive yourself to think you're a big sacrificer. I'm telling you guys, we're the bride is at a level of immaturity right now where she's barely even saved. People can't handle the truth, but it will set you free. Glory to God. I want to get into it because we're training giants. That's all God has ever asked me to do. He hasn't ever asked me to do nursery. From the get-go, it was create Gideon's 300. That was the commission from the audible voice of God in 2006 in the creation of Red Letter Ministries 
by God's voice. He said, create Gideon's 300, make the giant race, the race of giants. No, giants of faith, not giants of flesh. And these are the people who will become kings, elite soldiers, warriors, champions of faith. And so that's why the teaching is so true because that's the only thing that gets you strong, big, gigantic, enormous. And of course, anyone that's not feasting on it is going to come in and mock and blaspheme. Comes with the territory. To be expected, it's been like that every day for 15 years because people are full of crocodile in the bloody Nile, which is all the fallen angels in their bloodlines. And they come out and they just take a manure on the Lord Jesus every day and that's exactly what it is take a big dump on God so we don't have to sacrifice or change anything if we can just kill God then we don't have to change right that's what they chanted crucify him crucify him we're not gonna change <laughs> and and that's the human condition and that's wonderful suffering for you that many of your spouses have never changed and will never change. And you have suffered horrifically through that, and that's reality. And that's not something you bury under a bushel. That's something that you let the suffering produce the sacred anointing oil in your heart. And the decisions in life that you've made that have been terrible decisions have brought terrible suffering into your life. And that's good. That's good, because what that will do is cause your soul to cry out for God. Mm. To cry out for His anointing and to change your soul because of the crushing of your circumstances. That's the only way you get wine, and that's the only way you get oil. Revelation says, do not harm the oil and the wine. Why? They've already been harmed to the maximum measure. That's how you get wine and oil. The oil press and the wine press is the complete crushing of the blood of the grape to produce sweet wine. As long as you don't get bitter and drink the devil's pride, saying, oh, I'm the victim here and the self-pity and all this crap. I suffered so much for God. Where's my rewards? Your rewards is that you can relate with Christ's suffering. Where's my mansion? It's in heaven. Where's my, where's my breakthrough? Where's my promises? They're inside your spirit. They're in you. Christ is in you, and all of his gifts and all of his promises are in Christ. Yes and amen. So you're looking on the outside, and you'll be disheartened and discouraged, and your pride will eat you up every day. Where is what God promised? You're looking in the wrong realm. You're deceived and bewitched. And you think the demons, the devils, and the wicked are going to change because of your obedience to the Holy Spirit? Not in a hundred million years. You won't find one inheritance in that realm. You'll find them in Christ, though, when you keep your eyes fixed on Him and off of everything else.
<laughs> you can't look at your business partners. You can't look at your ministry partners. It will irritate you every day. You can't look at your family. You can't look at your friends. And you certainly cannot look at your spouse. But you can look at Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. The same cross was offered to every Christian. It's a beautiful cross. It's called the way of the glory of God. The cross is the most painful tool of death. Isn't it wild that God the Father, in his sovereignty through the ages of all the torture devices that bring death, brought the most painful one to symbolize the Christian life? We don't want to hear this message. Give us some happy, clappy new wine. Give us some oil of joy. Here's how you get the oil of joy. The total crushing of your flesh. The total crushing of your soul, your mind, your logic, your reasoning, your cares, hopes, plans, and dreams. You are the animal. He is the fire. That is a perfect summary of the new covenant. <laughs> and if you're in denial, you're in the bloody Nile. If you wake up and deal with the facts that you are a fallen race lorded over by fallen angels and not one good thing will ever be produced in your flesh except the fire burning it then you can encourage yourself and rejoice always and again I say rejoice and the joy will be the fire burning your human heart burning your human brain that will be the measure of your encouragement as you pick up your cross and follow him every day this will produce giants not giants of religion, not giants of the law, giants of grace, which is giants of the fire of righteousness. Righteousness is on earth as fire. He is Yahweh Sidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. That is the substance that burns the unrighteousness of our hearts. If we're faithful and just he'll forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness if you confess your sins he will purify your hearts from all unrighteousness what does that mean the cleansing of the animal for the blood to become crystal clear and sparkling through fire this is the path of humility <laughs> This is the path of accuracy. Who's accurate? Who knows the future? You have Father God mocking Job in the book of Job. Were you there when I formed the mountains and the paths of the stars? Who knows the ways of the Father? Only the Son, and the Son is present by the Spirit of Christ that is looking for a new covenant animal sacrifice and where is the beast the forehead and the hand where is the principality of Jezebel the forehead 
and the hand. Where is the false prophet? Where is the kingdom of hell? In the forehead and the hand. What needs to die and be bound? They take they take cords. They would take rope, very, very strong rope. Three strand rope of Ecclesiastes, not easily broken. And they would tie the the hooved animals down and they'd begin to burn them and they'd be screaming. <laughs> Does it sound like us in the fire of God? Yeah, that's you. Speaking of you, you are the animal sacrifice. We are the squirming screamers. What tribe are you? What church do you go to? The squirming screamers. Whoa. <laughs> Man. <laughs> hey, it's truth. Truth. A lot of truth that people can't handle. We need to be able to handle very, very severe levels of truth. That's what makes you giants of fire. There can't be an area where you're offended by anything because you're so burnt up from the floor up. That's what makes you mature ones is that the fire of God is like omniscience incinerating your heart and brain and any area where we're relying on the natural man's intelligence is a place of offense a place of pride a place of fallen angel influence where you are demonized currently where there are crocodiles and frogs in your blood sucking you dry and you are aging quickly and you will soon die physical deaths because of these creatures in your blood right now deal with reality who wants to burn them out who wants to face their own fallen pride to kill these things in their own heart i do i pray you do too what else are you going to do live in a facade live in behind the veil covered in animal covered in fig leaves God the Father has prepared for those who sacrifice everything their lives unto death Revelation 12 11 he has prepared celestial garments he has prepared a place for you in the heavens in New Jerusalem that is unfolding out of your hearts to become your eternal clothing and eternal white garments through the torching of your heart and so when the wiggling starts happening and you start to see what's in you because the fire reveals the heart amen the Apostle Paul was so excited he said a time is coming where the hearts of all men would be laid bare you know that's an exciting thing when you deal with everything beyond the veil every day and fake phony animalistic fallen creatures that hide their problems from each other that hide their issues that don't speak out loud the thoughts of their own hearts playing games and everyone is to a measure every part of you that's not burning on fire and on the altar is in rebellion towards God today and for some of us it's practically everything in our entire life it's everything we've built 
It's our entire existence on this earth has been the self-nature of Satan. And so it's a very, very horrific message when you understand what real and not fake false Christianity is. Jesus said you better count the cost before you go to war. He said becoming his follower was, was declaring war on an enemy with armies. Jesus Christ in the red letter said becoming a Christian was declaring war on a, on a powerful enemy that had armies that want to kill you and most die. You realize that? Most die. Most are unsuccessful. Why? They don't count the cost. They don't take into consideration the severities that I'm sharing with you tonight. And they play games. And they hide things. And they're not real. They get into heaven. They go through weeping and gnashing of teeth. And their whole lives were a sham because they never dealt with their own hearts. You get in by grace, but you have no rewards. And you are a very, very far distance from God the Father's altar because you were far from his altar on earth. You were a two-turtle-dove Christian. Oh my gosh. What are we talking about? A goat Christian. A male lamb Christian. A ram Christian. I tell you the truth. The only people that we want to be is the thousand bull Christians you know what the father told me after I brought that message most of the people in red letter ministries haven't sacrificed their first bull yet <laughs> and it was a little shocking honestly <laughs> so there is some ram sacrifice there is some goat and lamb sacrifice we got a lot of dove sacrifice that's the easy sacrifice big hard stuff extremely rare those levels of sacrifice are what produce kings and queens don't even think the kingship or queenship nature of Christ is at all in your soul until you get a grid for the whole bull offering when you can see through your own brain the pulling down of the bulls of Bashan by the horns into the altar of God the Father in your bellies. Until you can begin to see that reality, there's zero chance you've ever sacrificed a bull in your entire life. You start with doves. It's a dove sacrifice called salvation. What does it take to be saved? Practically nothing. You just call upon the name of the Lord and you're saved. What does it take to transfigure by the renewing of your mind after you're saved? More than nearly everyone has ever given. It's accurate. Very, very accurate. So if we want to go all the way and be a generation that we all claim all these awesome prophecies from Bob Jones and Bobby Connor and have yet to pay the price to fulfill any of them, it's going to take whole bull offerings. 
very undisciplined people and it's important that you bring the severity otherwise you'll never produce maturity and so people will go off and they'll they'll listen to fluff and they'll try to feel good about their their animal skin and they'll justify themselves they'll promote themselves they'll protect themselves but I'm not into that I really hate false Christianity because it's occult activity and it tolerates the persons the fallen angels of the wicked and when you are dealing with demons on a level that we've dealt with and principalities powers thrones dominions spiritual wickedness in all places that we have wrestled against for decades you get very very desperate for what works in reality because you're at war and you're fighting and you're a soldier and you want the military strategies you need the ammunition you need the guns sometimes you gotta press the red button for nuclear warfare and a lot of people go away sad a lot of people go away offended and can no longer walk with you what's the big red nuke might press that one tonight John 666 and many could no longer walk with him we've pressed that nuke button probably about 25 times over the years <laughs> and it's good because what it does is it really scatters the sheep and you say oh man we need to be good shepherds well you don't always need to be a good shepherd sometimes you need to be a good apostle good good prophet and a good prophet is really a good guidance into heaven out of the animal nature and transfigures the mind the prophets are the ones that really really are mistreated in the Bible you know Isaiah was sawed in half through the stomach with a wooden saw for telling his people the truth Jeremiah thrown in a well Zechariah murdered before the altar Elijah living in caves running from his own king and queen with death threats every day of his life so you know the Bible says in Hebrews 11 the world was not worthy of the prophets <laughs> because of the severity they brought they were murdered by the lukewarm people that they were called to minister to so that's really really good that's actually how you grow as prophets and there are so many prophets in red letter ministries that you kind of wonder why did so many I tell you the truth God wants all his people to be prophets I desire all my people to be prophets the conversation between Moses and Jesus Christ in the Exodus do you think Jesus is gonna have his desire that his people have the eagle nature of God fully formed in their souls and this Nicolaitan prophetic thing that we have in America the separation from the professional prophets and the clergy prophets will be incinerated because that's just total diabolical nonsense of all these little church clubs and prophetic streams and prophetic clubs and it's so political it's it's really outrageous I really love the prophetic that goes against the Nicolaitan demon spirit that empowers the people in the pews the people on the couches the people in the audience to rise up and be the mouthpiece of God 
and really attack leadership in a healthy way out of the spirit of god not in the critical backbiting demons that you deal with the gossipers and the false brethren but i'm talking about with the spirit of prophecy with a standard that the people would rise up and challenge their leaders i mean i just pray that that would happen to me and you'd be surprised what i deal with every day and it's usually from the wrong spirit but when it's from the holy spirit it is refreshment to my soul scorn and discipline a wise man and he will love you more discipline a fool and he'll murder you proverbs says <laughs> problem is you you grow in wisdom so much like people don't discipline you they don't know how to because they're not wise enough so you you try to almost just irritate them to get in your face and challenge you and i've been doing that for 15 years please be irritated tonight john the baptist was the spirit of elijah jesus christ said and john the baptist would so go after more of god that he wore his camel skins inside out just to be irritated by the natural realm this dude was a prophetic freak that's what i like i mean that's kind of the tribe we are really and i pray every tribe is the john the baptist tribe not just ours that you would be continuously irritated to grow in prophecy which is the living word there's a time coming the bible says where there'll be no more prophetics because everyone will be perfectly prophetic we're way far away from that we're really really far away from that the prophetic is in the brand new baby stages in america we've only had the prophetic really elijah prophetics for the last 40 years it's true really in the early 80s in the kansas city movement of bob jones and paul keith davis and he had a several others john paul jackson and that was really the introduction of the prophetic to the charismatic church in the early 80s so 40 year old prophetics is infantile so even the the highest degree of prophetic reality that we have in the holy spirit people in the bride of christ right now is at a baby toddler level let that encourage you because we're going to grow up and the father is going to grow us up the baton has been handed to us and you can see we are serious we are so serious about maturing and growing in the prophetic growing in the living word and taking this planet back from the devil with a sharp two-edged sword the dullness, the inaccuracy, <laughs> the game playing, the two turtle dove sacrifice Christianity has been tolerated for far too long and there's not enough voices challenging people to grow up and to mature and to disciple and to not care about their reputation and to literally just be the bad guy and to be mistreated be like, man, we're not going to invite him back to our church. He challenged us way too much. And the people aren't ready to mature. Yeah, they're ready to mature. Yet people in the charismatic church, 50 years, that are still doing the same things they did 10, 20 years ago. Very little challenge. Lots and lots of people pleasing. 
And so I would challenge you where you're at to challenge yourself and everyone around you with a greater glory, with a greater sacrifice of the selfish nature of the fallen angels in your heart and brain. And just understand the fire that Jesus brought of his spirit is the only thing down here that's God. Don't even blaspheme by calling any other activity on earth other than the fire God. It's blasphemy. If you call anything else God, you call the Bible God, you blaspheme. The Bible's not God. You call your activity God, you blaspheme. You call your sacrificing God, you blaspheme. God is only here as fire and nothing else. Now this fire is wonderful. This fire is intoxicating. This fire is divine agape love. But that's the only thing good on this earth. Jesus said, I have come to bring fire and oh how I wish it was already kindled. Meaning everything here is rubbish. Your sacrificial system, your temple mount, Herod's $40 billion temple destroyed by the Messiah. You understand that? Jesus Christ said, I will destroy this temple. But I'm going to rebuild this temple. The heart. How? By fire. Get that in your system. And nothing else. Because that's the only real Christianity that's down here. It's fire. Burning my animal heart. That's exactly what it is. It's not much different than if you pull a heart out of a deer after deer hunting with the 30-odd six. What's the difference? Very, very little difference. It's all Darwinism, isn't it? Oh, you can defend the flesh and, you know, we're really creationists and we are creationists. But you need to understand something. Without the fire, you are no different than the animals. Have you come to the full realization of that truth? The only difference between you and that deer in the woods is that your heart can be burned by God's fire for God's soul to possess you. He can't possess the deer like he can possess you. But you are just as fallen as the flesh of the deer in a flesh state. There is no difference between the flesh of the gorilla and the human being. The difference is God animates the flesh of the human being and through the human being, that flesh, he can bring his soul. And through that soul, original design, you can be the temples of his fire. He can't do that through the deer. The deer's waiting on you to burn, to be your animal sacrifice. The animals are done. The animals did their part. Days of Noah, sacrificial system of the Old Testament. They were sacrificed for you for thousands of years. Animals fulfilled their duty already. You haven't. You have not. The human animal is not yet burnt. 
And that's the problem. That's why you have mass confusion. That's why you have the highest crime rate in America, right here in Minneapolis. People resist the fire of God. A prophet is not honored in his hometown. They hate the fire. They hate the altar. They do not want to die, and they cling to the self-righteousness that they are good in their own eyes. And they're the most deceived, foolish people in the world. And that's the truth. Those who embrace the fire of God and harden their hearts to be in an animal sacrifice fall under the same madness of the demons. They go completely insane like Nebuchadnezzar, crawling on his belly and eating grass like a beast, revealing the true madness of the human condition that resists the fire of God. We called this sermon today Code Butterfly. And we say, oh, the butterflies are so gentle, so nice. It's almost like a children's nursery rhyme. Do you realize that the butterfly went through fire in a cell spun so tight that the mush of the worm died and dissolved? It's a horrific process. <laughs> that same process is code butterfly metamorphosis Romans 12:2 for those who embrace the fire of God. Who, for those who will become the giant race. The race of giants. And people say, oh, you know, if you got a fear demon in you, say, Nephilim, Genesis 6, the renowned men of old, <laughs> the watchers who took wives, who are now the sirens of hell. No, I don't speak of Goliath and his forefathers. I speak of David and his offspring, spiritual giants, real giants. And what I see today because of you embracing severity, you embracing the hardest things of God, the lion nature of God, the sharpest two-edged sword of the high priest of the new covenant sacrifice of your beast nature. That will produce giants of the fire of God. And I was seeing, I mean, these things were colossal, colossal spiritual creatures, which some of you are listening today, who are 500 feet tall, bigger than the fallen angel's offspring. <laughs> you know that Satan's a counterfeiter. He took the blueprints out of heaven from God and fell and tried to do what God wanted to do in the future. He was the covering cherubim, the first angel to get revelation out of the Father's soul in heaven. So he stole those blueprints and tried to do the exact same thing that God wanted to do in the future. Just total failure. Just It really is quite pathetic and it's honestly kind of funny. It's pretty funny. You get high enough in the glory and the fire of God, you can laugh at all this stuff. Psalms 2, 4, the Lord is enthroned in heaven, laughing at his enemies holding them in supreme contempt. So that's really God's personality about the whole situation. He's laughing about it. These severe things that God walks in, this is who God the Father is. This is God the Father's personality. He's a very, very 
wonderful, fiery, intense man of light. He loves practicing what he preaches because it's perfect righteousness. It is so wonderful to know God the Father in all his ways through fire and through the torching of your beast nature. It's wonderful. And so he watches the fallen angels do their thing to, to rid out everyone's free will. If you want to be rebellious, you can go the way of the losers. You can go the way of flesh. You can go the way of the shadows and the counterfeits, the way of the self-nature, the way of rebellion. And so you learn through history and through your own suffering, God's right, everyone else is wrong. And I just, and you get to a place where you just, you're friends with the Father through His ways always working and everything else never working. It's all fake, phony, fluff and garbage, filth just pretending to be God. There's no man like the Father. And so once you start to live with your heart inside his fire on earth, that's when you start walking with the Father in the coolness of the day. Might be cool on the inside, but all hell's breaking loose on the outside because you're bringing the animal sacrifice and the animals around you that don't like that fire will squirm and attack you. They will bring every accusation of the kingdom of hell against you to put out your fire. If you cling to that fire, I mean, you are clinging to the anointing for dear life. That fire is the fire of salvation. You are not saved unless your heart is currently burning with the Holy Spirit. You're not even saved. Fire marks your salvation. Resting tongues of fire marked the bride in Acts chapter 2. That's the mark that you're a saved person and a son and daughter of heaven is you're burning your flesh is burning because your flesh is the animal sacrifice and you have brought the new covenant sacrifice and you're real now you'll deal with everything externally to put out your fire and most people's fire goes out and you're like oh I lost the fire I don't feel God I used to feel his presence what demon did you submit to to lose your fire what altar did you trade on and give up that fire? That fire is the most precious commodity, not just to heaven, to hell. Because that's the same fire that Satan used when he stole part of God's kingdom and created his own kingdom. Stolen waters are sweet, scripture says. Mm. He's been a thief from the beginning, stealing from God's head, from the mind of Christ. And he's still stealing from all of us. He's still stealing from me. I know he's still stealing from you. And you deal with that and you learn how to stop the thief in the garden. And then become like Jesus. He says, I'm coming like a thief. You're coming like the devil, Jesus? That's what he said. I'm coming like a thief. I'm going to erase the devil's ability to steal from you. And... My nature will fill that place. Jehovah Sneaky, we call it. Jehovah Ninja, creeping while you're sleeping. Amen. Coming in through the windows, he talks about looting strong men. <laughs> what kind of Christianity did Jesus bring us? A lot different than your Sunday morning church bells. Talking about becoming a thief and jumping into windows. 
Sounds more like Antifa than it does Franklin Graham Lotz. <laughs> and you know what? The interesting thing is when you grow in wisdom, you can see different character attributes of God in all the nations. Even the bad behavior is a counterfeit of something that came out of God. Even if you've learned all the occult and you're the biggest witch in witchcraft and you're proud of it, I can see the image of God on the witches and the warlocks. I can see the counterfeit version of the true divine that the fallen angels duped them in. You can see it too. It's wisdom. That's what makes it so easy in the more mature stages to love unconditionally. If a person's caught in any sin, you can see how the devils have counterfeited something from God in their life and you can bring out of your storehouse wisdom treasures and put them in the real out of the shadow taking them out of the counterfeits into the realities through Jesus Christ is called the new covenant priesthood of Melchizedek what's Melchizedek big word for righteousness or you could say a big word for the fire of God this is the priesthood of the fire of God. You know, and just put your Melchizedek in a woodcutter and cut it because it's like Melchizedek chunk and chip. Just a chipping woodchucker and shred it. And all the fancy things you know about Jesus and Christianity that you use to impress yourself and others, put it in the woodchucker and shred it and turn it into a substance that's actually useful that's not in your brain but is killing and destroying your selfishness and your pride nature in your own heart we gotta be without hypocrisy we gotta burn hotter <laughs> we gotta shred the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you are only a leader if you're incinerating every evil in your own heart by the fire of God what led the Israelites? Cloud by day, fire by night. So if we're coming out of the dark night as a humanity and the day is dawning with the light of the bright morning star, that means that we are following the fire. All humanity is coming out of night into morning star, which is the glory light in the day and the dawn of day by the fire by the pillar of fire and this pillar of fire is in you already our issue is we haven't sacrificed much there's not a person in RLM not you or anyone you know that sacrificed a bull the truth is we are very young even as Huyo's sons and daughters interesting truth is that Jesus is never called a technon in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He's a Huyos from birth. Something that's always fascinated me. Now, in every other instance of the New Testament, when Paul's teaching and John's teaching, when you're an infant in Christ, you're a technon. But you grow up to be a Huyos, a mature one. And so, why didn't Jesus have a technon nature? Because he was ever-increasing fire since he was conceived of the Holy Spirit and lived as 
the Holy Spirit. Literally the DNA of the Holy Spirit, the maker of heaven and earth. All he lived as was fire. He was ever increasing fire for 33 years and just left this world as fully God and fully man. What makes you Huyos is your mind burning in the fire. I've been in ministry 15 years. The majority of hearts and minds are not submitted to the fire. The majority of your natural realm is not currently submitted to the fire. That's why there's almost no bull offering. You got some ram offerings. You got. Some, I'm talking about the, the measure you've taken in the natural realm and given it to the altar to produce God's royal fire in you. See, it's not about just denying and burning up the external realm. It's giving it to God. Remember what Revelation 5 says? All dominion, might, power, authority, wisdom, glory, honor, and riches to the Lamb on the throne. See, he's on the throne of your heart, but have you given him all the natural realm? Are you confronting external wickedness and bringing it into submission to Christ? 2 Corinthians 10.5 are you doing anything? Are you conquering? The truth is, even in the wrestling of principalities and testing our levels of maturity, we've done very little up until this point. I see these giants coming forth as we begin to eat and drink from the seven thunders and the most mature meat and the most mature wine of wisdom of the ages that the giants of fire will come and you'll get more done in this generation of giants because it's building on every previous generation's mistakes and failures. That's the only way you grow is by failure. You're not growing, growing by success. There's no human being that can be successful. You are not capable of success. Only the fire is success. Only Jesus is success. You are only capable of burning. That's it. That's your whole So it gets so easy and light. I can't do a good thing, but the fire can if I just bring my whole natural man to the Holy Ghost and let him torch it. Oh, it's so good. And so this generation, because we build on every other previous generation's mistakes and failures, will get more done than 6,000 years combined. I guarantee it. It's called the climax of the ages and the maturity of the times, Scripture calls it. So it means that everything that's been sown of wickedness will mature. How many of y'all know that when wickedness grows, it gets weaker? The tares are finally exposed as worthless garbage for the junk pile. They looked good the whole time, didn't they? Looked exactly like wheat. They looked valuable. They looked Christian. It looked like the glory of God. They looked like they were on the drunken glory. They looked high in the spirit. They looked like correct teaching. They looked all this and that. See, it's the outer man. False judgment, deceiving the whole world, whitewashed tomb activity everywhere in charismatic church. See, harvest time only makes the wheat look good. And scripture says when harvest time comes, I will remove the wicked. The matura maturation of the times, the maturity of the seed of the earth is Satan's worst nightmare because he is exposed by maturity. 
not exposed by immaturity so what's the strategy keep the christians in diapers and buildings made by human hands called incubators for thousands of years lest they mature and expose the fallen angel conundrum that we're in down here lest the veil be torn and the christians become more spiritual and more wise than the angels well we're gonna judge the angels most people that I've seen quote that probably won't they probably will not judge angels <laughs> why because you're not wiser than the angels you realize you have to be wiser than someone to sit as judge over someone Solomon sat as judge over the two women why why was because he's wiser than them and he brought healing and justice and peace by his decisions by his great and tremendous wisdom he ruled the world it's true washed in the blood so don't even bring up his harem and all of the mistakes he made with women there's no record of wrongdoing in heaven first Corinthians 13 love keeps no record of wrong you know that? love that's a verse first Corinthians chapter 13 love keeps no record of wrong that record's not held in heaven, it's held in hell. And if you let the glory of God into your heart, it'll burn your records in hell, and there'll be no accusation against you in any courtroom of any demon. It's true, and you'll just be vindicated, vindicated, they'll weep and gnash their teeth. I can't believe he's getting away with this much grace. You're just destroying the courts of Satan. It's wonderful activity. Practicing forgiveness practicing love destroying arguments second Corinthians 10 5 has been an emphasis the last couple days that you're tearing down the arguments against the nations there are some arguments here we have a case against every nation on this planet I'm sure you have cases in your hearts against a lot of people you built a case against Kamala Harris and Joe Biden you built a case against Donald Trump you have an opinion and a case against your neighbor, against your spouse and your kids and your parents. Have you built court cases in your heart? Are you currently an accuser of the brethren? Listen guys, we all are. Those are the areas where the crocodile is still in the bloodstream and we're still Egyptian. There's still crocodiles that have to be sacrificed areas of pride where we have a right to accuse someone because of what they did to us the only one that hurts is you it doesn't hurt them it just gives the demons legal right to possess your blood and to suck you dry so until we practice Jesus Christ love it, when what it really is is fire and burning records of wrongdoing our own first for no hypocrisy and others see when you start doing that for people that are just totally despicable horrible undeserving people like the people in Minneapolis they get transformed sovereignly it's true I'm, I'm telling you guys I have never seen people so deceived politically I mean it's like mental illness level 9,000 insanity in Minneapolis 
and I love it. And this is where God has trained me in the front lines of spiritual warfare the last 21 years, mostly here and a lot in Mexico, and we've traveled all over North America, but mostly Minneapolis. And what I've experienced is the testing and the trials of growing in unconditional love to a stubborn, hard-hearted, logical, reasonable, highly educated people that never do the right thing and always do the wrong thing. And you could say, oh, it's a prophetic thing. It's prophetic. It's all prophetic because God's fire is what's causing them to react to everything. So you can go into a deeper realm of understanding people's reactions, cities' reactions to the fire of God as you grow in self-sacrifice. That's truly your prophetic lessons. And even though the animals squirm and cling to the demons and to the lies and their opinions are every opinion of every fallen angel. There is still progress being made in the sovereignty sovereignty of your self-sacrifice. That is the marvel of the throne of God. That when you love unconditionally, the worst, most reprobate, foolish idiots in the world, you can still raise them from the dead, raise the quality and standard of life by simply practicing love. You got to do it. If you hold any harbor in your heart towards them for anything they've done, you only hurt yourself. And so it's the people's negative reaction to the prophets that causes the prophets to rise into rewards. It's not positive. It's not put out the red carpet. Oh, here comes the limousine like Donald Trump or the Pope or something. No, it's complete and total neglect and rejection and misunderstanding and all the things of the natural man that cannot understand one thing of the spirit man as it says in scripture and you facing that reality in the eyes every day and letting it kill your own pride to still love them unconditionally that's what maturity is that's how the father gets formed in you it's wonderful hallelujah Agape. <clears throat> when I was two years old, we lived in Friday Harbor, San Juan Island, outside of Seattle, Washington. My dad had a sailboat, and the sailboat's name was Agape. I was on the Agape, my mom's on Agape, and my dad's sailing Agape. All true story. Come from family of prophets. And my mom was pregnant and gave birth to my sister, Ashley, on the boat of Agape. And God brought this up today. I'd forgotten this stuff, you know, and it's like, holy crap, what kind of prophecy is that? <clears throat> and my sister, I was like, is that about her calling? Is it because she's not walking with God and she's pretty much a, a communist? And I got really bitter and went to Bible college and just completely turned against the things of the Spirit and the things of God and Jesus. And really very, very hard-line, social, um, secular, progressive, University of Minnesota communist. They're, seriously, they really teach the, the kids communism there. They come out of the University of Minnesota communists. And it's disturbing how demonized they get they just completely corrupt the heart and the mind and it's just wickedness beyond imagination but 
I believe the Father was saying to me today that the sovereignty of his prophetics of what his original design was for people even as far gone as my sister who are born in like the most prophetic situations you could ever imagine and the most glorious situations and the signs and wonders of God and have fallen so far away that this fire that you will bring through self-sacrifice will even bring people that far gone back to Christ. It's true. What does it mean to leave the 99 and go after the one? Does it mean that you just walk out your house and go find them? No. It means you ascend and bring your blood to the Father. Your bloodlines. Do you know if you bring your bloodlines to the Father, you just touched your 47th cousin? Who's your 47th cousin? The most distant possible relative of a human being on planet Earth. Human DNA is only spread as far as 47th cousins. Like a Chinese person and a Native American or an Aborigine. At maximum, if you are a human being, the furthest distant relationship possible on planet Earth is 47th cousins, DNA proven. So you are bringing your blood up to the Father, and that's what the giants are doing. Do you understand that? By bringing your blood to the Father through fire of self-sacrifice, you are lifting up all your 47th cousins. Your neighbor is literally a close DNA blood relative. And, and if you're in a community of people of the same nationality, you're usually within like 17th cousins. You are very, if you, if you are black, red, yellow, white, and of the 70 nations of the Tower of Babel, and you're still living in those boundary stones that God set up for the 70 nations of Babel, you're like within 17th cousins. I couldn't believe when I looked up on uh, Wikipedia that Barack Obama was 14th cousins to George Bush. I mean, it's one's black and one's white. On Wikipedia, their DNA blood sample relation is 14th cousins, people. <laughs> Hello! Do you realize what humanity is and what you're paying a price for when you lift up human blood to God? You are nothing less than the saviors of the world. Everyone gets the overflow of your self-sacrifice. Their brain is the last thing to get it. It might take the brain of your city 10, 15, 25 years to catch up what you did in the heart, but it will catch up if you don't grow weary in well-doing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the mind is the dullest part of God's creation. It's called a rock. What is the white stone? It's the brain. It's the dullest, dumbest, stupidest part of God's human creation. It's not the smartest part. It's the dullest and dumbest part of the human being is the brain and some of you know that because you grow in the divine intelligence and you started sacrificing in the place of the skull Golgotha as real Christians 
start growing in heart intelligence, which is divine wisdom, instead of brain intelligence, which is fallen angel madness. Truly, the brain is the dumbest part. Do you know that Einstein's genius came from his heart, from his spirit? He says that mediocre minds have always violently opposed great spirits. Einstein. Einstein attributed his genius not to his brain, ever, only to his spirit. He got E equals MC squared in a consecutive series of spiritual dreams. Came right out of his spirit. Come on, people. The divine intelligence is the only intelligence. The brain has always been the thief. And it's still stealing. It's still destroying almost all your lives. Until you burn that rock and turn it into a fiery coal, this thing will lead you astray. Your, your accuracy will be practically false prophet every day. Your judgments will be so unrighteous you do everyone harm. Hurting yourself, hurting others. Because that's all the brain is capable of doing. Do you understand that? The brain is not capable of making a right decision. The brain is not capable of wisdom. The brain is only capable of burning in the fire of God. What's the fire of God? The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and the spirit of the Lord right here, the menorah, the seven blazing torches of God's Holy Spirit. Amplified Classic says that the seven spirits of God are God's sevenfold Holy Spirit, and that's true, and these other ministers are wrong. They're wrong, and they're just making crap up to sound fancy because we've tested them a hundred times in fire, and they're liars. God's sevenfold Holy Spirit is the fire that burns the brain. The seven spirits of God is the only intelligence on earth. Everything else causes wars, rumors of wars, competition, envy, strife, poverty. You have trillions, people. Commerce on this planet is in the trillions. The commerce in one state alone in the U.S. is enough for every person in the world to live middle-class lives. You are dealing with corruption on every level of human existence and we want to blame the deep state listen you're a part of the deep state if you are not rising as giants of fire you're a part of the deep state because that's the best that man can do the illuminati is the best humanity is capable of not the worst the best that's the best of humanity it's truth and you need to understand that now, the best of divinity burns up the Illuminati, burns up sorcery, which is self-righteousness living out of the brain with crocodiles and birds in the Nile of Egypt. It's true. So we're coming out of the Illuminati, the deep state, and we're coming into the sons of God, which is another deep state, and it really is another Illuminati. The Illuminati is not going away. It's just a new Illuminati. Jesus said wine isn't going away. It's just a new wine. You understand that the fallen angels pretty much counterfeited everything of the heavenly Sanhedrin, every single aspect of heaven and God and the kingdom to a T. And it's 
all going to be made new. What does he say? The fire is coming and behold, I make all things new. A new government. Government's not going away. There will always be government. States aren't going away. There will always be states. Cities aren't going away. There will always be cities. <laughs> What's going to happen is they're all going to be made new by fire. If you have a deep state, deep state's not going away. You have a new deep state. Be your Sanhedrin of the glory. It's true. Get a vision for it. I'm telling you the truth, people, if you can handle it. Royalty is not going away. You'll have new royalty. <laughs> Jesus even said, the poor are not going away. You will always have the poor with you. Wow. What does that mean? The ones that rejected burning very high in the fire that did not become the giant race of faith. <laughs> that stayed small in fire. Small in sacrifice. What's poor in God's eyes? The two turtle dove Christians. Wow. The ones that barely bring any of the self-nature to the Holy Ghost to torch as an animal sacrifice. He says you'll always have those types of people forever. Heaven is populated with 95% turtle two turtle dove Christians. You understand that? It's the rarest thing that you get real prophets and real apostles in at a mature level of sacrificing rams, goats, lambs, sheep, and whole bulls is an anomaly, an enigma, like a Neo in the Matrix. And you start to get into that. And we want to go into those realms this year. That level of the sacrifice of our own pride pulled down and burnt on the fire of God in our bellies. And we will. We'll step into these things because we have nothing else here. And that's actually what the Father has programmed in our destiny scroll in our heart. And we've been flying on autopilot for about 15, or you could say 39 years. Predestined, foreordained. There are priests down here who run on scrolls of sovereignty. Businessmen don't do that. Scientists don't do that. They're able to be aborted. 66 million abortions since Roe versus Wade. You couldn't kill the priest, Bob Jones said. It's a different scroll written by the hand of God. That's not fair. Listen, guys, it's not about fair. It's dealing with the fall. Adam and Eve fell deal with reality it has brought death satan's been a murderer from the beginning get your head out of the sand there's nothing fair about the earth earth has been satan's playground it has been hell there's nothing fair about hell hell is death and the last curse to be swallowed up that you haven't swallowed up yet bride of christ is death so you're going to be dealing with a lot of unfairness and we're going to have to grow up to deal with it there's nothing fair about this world we're dealing with hell God's a just judge, but he comes through your heart in fire. And we've barely even brought two turtle doves yet, let alone whole bulls, to bring enough fire to deal with all the unfairness. The fire of God is the judgment upon all injustice on earth, and it's coming through your self-sacrifice. If you want to make a dent in hell, a dent in injustice, a dent in abortion, in murder, and atrocities, 
burn your heart on the Holy Ghost and you will make a dent and God will use you to the measure you let him burn you. Amen. And it will be powerful. And of those people, he will raise up kings. Of those people, he will raise a race of giants. This is what we're going after. I want the mature giant race of the sons of God. I want people whose heads are all the way in the heavens. That's a distance of 150 million light years. Well, I'm not that big. Your spirit is called full spiritual stature. You can have your feet on earth. What does the Bible say? The heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool. What shall you build for me? How big is the spirit man of God? The same size as yours when your faith is perfected. That your head would be in the heavens. So it's a little bigger than 500 feet tall. Maybe the, the, the light and the silhouette of the skyscraper of your gigantic spiritual man will look 500 feet tall. Probably more like 10,000 feet tall to be accurate from what I'm seeing in visions today. 10,000, like IDS buildings, like, um, what are the famous skyscrapers? <laughs> I can't even remember right now. Most famous one in Minneapolis is called the IDS. <laughs> and they just agreed to remodel the interior of the skyscraper, and they call it the Crystal Room. And they showed it in the Star Tribune or Minneapolis newspaper because I love how everything's prophesying under the shadow of our wings here. And the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know how it is. And it was like this $5 million remodel of all this crystal glass mirrors and they're trying to make heaven in the natural realm. I'm not going to stop them. That's good. That's their job to mirror our spiritual breakthroughs. Do you realize that the unbelievers are the slaves of the believers? They live under the shadow of your wings and they will continue to build and work in the natural to the exact degree you build and work in the spiritual as spiritual giants. It's true. Hallelujah. Yeah, slaves. Happy slaves. They ha they're happy to do it. And the truth is God sees them as slaves. The natural man is slave to the spiritual man. <laughs> Your body is meant to be a slave to your spirit. You understand the scripture teaches that? The scripture teaches slavery. <laughs> Bond servant in chains to Christ. I have my body buffeted to obey God. And a lot of times buffeted too. Amen. Alright. Thank you, Jesus. A lot more lately this last year. Put on 25 pounds. I think it's whole milk lattes. Hallelujah. Might go on one of those keto diets. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I don't like the non-sugar stuff, though. i got a sweet tooth. Holy Ghost. Just confess your faults one to another and you'll be healed. Amen. Glory. Wonderful stuff. Buffeting our body. Warren buffeting our body. Amen. Glory to God. Growing in those Billy Grahams and Crefro dollars. In Jesus' name. 
And it's a wonderful thing to burn in the fire of wisdom, to have fun as you mature. You realize you're only scared of the unknown because the animal of your own heart and brain was threatened by death, true death, a death more real than dying. You understand that? That the fire brings to you a death more real than cancer. Do you understand that? That the fire brings a death more real to you than whatever, how many thousand, six thousand that died of COVID. hundred times less than the average of flu season. What insanity. <laughs> and you know, but the fire brings a greater death than COVID-19. It does. It brings true death. And that's the death to the fallen angels working in your blood. It's wonderful, but it is horrifying to someone who has not yet died. I die daily, says the mature Apostle Paul. <laughs> I love it. He says, and then I want to know nothing amongst you except Christ and Him crucified. I wish you'd get addicted to death. I wish you would practice death. Be entombed with me, Romans chapter 6 says. Dying the deaths in the depths of the earth in your earthen vessels going into his grave down in the same exact death of Jesus and all the fear which was insanity the madness of the animal goes away and it turns into ecstasy do you realize ecstasy is the embrace of the fire of God's death and the more you've let it eat you and devour you. Our God is an all-devouring fire. The greater your ecstasies, the greater your wisdom, the greater your ministry, and the greater your stature as giants. Giants of the flames of Yahweh, ministers of the seven blazing torches. There are giants of the promised land here, people. See, the new covenant is no longer types and shadows. Everyone's five foot to seven foot tall on the planet right now. It's true. Yeah, you maybe got something hidden in a cave somewhere with the conspiracy theories and all that. We ain't worried about that. You easily just blow that up with a tank. You don't have natural enemies. You are just becoming the giants of Canaan. You are the giants. The flesh, the blood, the fears are the grasshoppers. You are so much bigger than the human Illuminati. You are so much more powerful than everything you fear if you would know the fire of God in your souls. And you will. And the bride will mature in the fire. And she will become the possessor of the planet and all of its blood all the blood of the earth will flow to the bride will serve her as rivers of life life giving bloodlines because of the priestly ministry of the bride so self-sacrificed that she brought the very throne of God and the lamb out of her heart through her blood and bones upon the earth. 
and the earth is not kindled, but all consumed. And we shall rule and reign with him forever. Revelation 5.10 And these are the steps of getting to that place in Jesus' name. Pray about sacrificing a ram. We have a bid for $23,000 to fix the horrible concrete that we've been dealing with in this former condemned crack house in the ghetto as inner city missionaries for the last 12 years. Uh, It's just the conditions are terrible. We're the only driveway in our whole block that doesn't have pavement of any kind. And it's, it is such a low standard here. We got this place for practically nothing. No one wanted to live here. Boarded up, 36 boards, gunshots and bullets through the whole house. We have been in the midst of horrific crime and murder and gangs and violence and 36 organized gangs here as inner city missions for 12 years in the ghetto, suffering for the advancement of the entire body of Christ. And that is the price that Red Letter Ministries has paid for you and your families and the whole world. And it's true. And you need to realize that and to value that because we need your support to fix up this place. It's going to cost us 23000 just to bring it up to standard in the concrete here. Something I've been desiring to do for 10 years. Obviously, we could never afford it. So if this ministry is blessing you, Maybe go from two turtle dove offering to a ram, a sheep, maybe some of you, a whole bowl, a $10,000 offering to help us cover some of these costs in this ministry that is changing the whole world by our teachings from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Love you guys. Bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.